Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. In Luke chapter 1, verse 5, we read, it says that, In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a certain priest named Zacchaeus, or some people pronounce it Zacharias. It says he was of the division of Abijah, and his wife was from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God. They walked blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, yet they had no child. It says, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. And it came about that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, that he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord to burn the incense. It's a pretty high honor, by the way, actually, to get to do this. But it fell to him this particular year. And so it says the whole multitude of the people, they were, they were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And the angel of the Lord, it says, appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Picture this in your mind. He goes into the, in, in, into the holy place and the, where the altar of incense is, he's supposed to, He's got the, the duty to take care of it as his priestly service. And right to the right, what shows up? An angel. Now, the angel, it says, says, hi, everybody. I'm like made out of porcelain and cute and pastel colors, right? Like precious moments. Is that what an angel looks like, by the way? Because if that's what an angel looks like, they would not say this line, what they're about to say. The very first thing we read here, it says, when he saw the angel standing to the right, Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear gripped him. And the angel said to him, do not be afraid, right? Or fear not. Or, I mean, the people are usually, like, we'd say, uh, freaked out. Because just their presence was enough to cause a person's heart to, to melt. And here this angel, he's got the duty. He's inside the tabernacle. He's in that, not the, the inner Holy of Holies, but he's in the outer tabernacle courtyard area in, i mean inside the tabernacle but just in the first door in and he's doing the incense and an angel shows up now he's a he's a good man it says he's kept the law done all the things and when the angel says to him do not be afraid zacharias for your petition has been heard god has heard your prayer and he says and your wife elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name john and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord, it says, and he will drink no wine nor liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, yet while he is in his mother's womb. In the New Testament, we read in the scripture, it says, don't be drunk with wine, it says, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. I always laugh when people say, yeah, I feel so great. I get buzzed from this thing. I think you don't understand that the buzz you get from wine is like a cheap imitation of what God's spirit can do. His spirit, he can give you a greater boost and there's no hangover. And it's better for you than, than being drunk with wine. And he says, so to Zechariah, he says, your son is not even going to touch alcohol. Now, this is one of the vows what in the Old Testament was um, a special vow that they could, they could actually take and, and make on, of their own accord. But he's being told by the angel, you're going to have a boy that does this fr from the mother's womb. From the mother's, his mother's womb, he'll be filled 
with the Holy Spirit. Now, what's a big deal? Why is this kid got to be filled with the Spirit, That this John guy? Who is this John guy? This is John the Baptist, right? And this is, by the way, the actual, the actual kin relative to Jesus. We're going to read on here. It says, then the angel told him, he said, John, this young, this young one, he will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And it is he who will go on as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And it says to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the disobedient to an attitude of righteousness, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, well, um, how shall I know for certain that I'm that this is going to happen? I'm, I'm an old man and my wife, he says, she's also advanced in years. And the angel answered him. He said, I am Gabriel. Gabriel. Gab would be to speak, E for, and El for Elohim, the one who speaks for God. In other words, like a God's messenger, his mouthpiece. I am the one sent to speak. That's literally the translation of this angel's name. The one who speaks. Now, when the guy who shows up says, look, I'm the guy who speaks for God. You know, like I'm, you know, it's my assignment. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't casually chosen his name. When God gave him that name, he gave him the name because he had an assignment. So Gabriel, the one who speaks for God, he says, that, that Zacharias is just saying, how do I know it's going to happen? And Gabriel answered him this way. Now, I like this. The one who speaks for God tells him, I'm going to tell you how you're going to know. He says, I speak for God. I'm telling you it's going to happen. And this will be a sign to you that you will know that it's going to happen. And then he said, I've been sent to speak to you to bring you this good news in verse 20. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day what these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which shall be fulfilled in their proper time. So the guy who speaks for God says, you didn't believe me? Fine, you don't get to speak. Isn't that ironic that he picks the, the very thing, what he is called by God, an angel designed to bring messages to speak for God, and he brings the message to Zacharias while he's doing his priestly service. Zacharias doesn't believe it, and he says, I'm telling you, I'm sent to speak for him, and you don't believe me, so since you don't, you can't speak. No speaky for you. Until it comes to pass, then you'll believe. Now, this is where the story gets juicy. He goes home. His wife likes the new strong and silent type. She comes to be with child. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm, it, all those details are there, I'm telling you. She read, you want to read them with me here? It says, in the people... They were outside waiting, wondering what happened to Zacharias and wondering at his delay. Why is it taking him so long to light the incense? He's in there conversing with an angel. So when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple. And they kept making, he kept making signs to them and remaining mute. And so it came about when the days of his priestly service had ended, he went back home. And after these days, Elizabeth became pregnant. See, that's where she liked the strong, silent Zacharias. And she kept herself, it says, in seclusion for five months. And this is the way, she says, the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me. He has taken my disgrace away from among men. This is, in the Jewish culture, you know, it's for the woman to have the, 
child. This is a, she, she, she had never had a child and she wanted one. But she's old. And she said, God has taken away that disgrace from me. He's blessed me. So it says in the sixth month of, of her pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin who was engaged to that man whose name was Joseph. Now it says the descendants of David, he was the descendant of David, the, uh, and the virgin's name was Mary. And so the angel coming in said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement, and she kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be, don't be afraid. Okay, she's, she's going, Oh, what's this all about? And he says, and so he says, do not be afraid. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son. And his name shall be Jesus. Now, he'll be great. He'll be called the son of the most high, the Lord God. And he, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom shall have no end. Now, Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I'm a virgin. How can I have a child? I've never been with a man. How could I? Be with child. Now, I find it interesting. Her question is the same as Zechariah. How could this be? Zechariah, he said, how could this be? And she says, how could this be? But the Lord doesn't have Gabriel deal with her the same as he did. Right? Praise God. <laughs> she, see, Zechariah, it says he didn't believe. She believes God can do even what is impossible, but she says, how can it? I just don't understand it. So the angel, he says, listen, this can be because the angel says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for this reason, your offspring will be holy to the Lord. It will be called the Son of God. You won't be with a man. You'll, you, you will be God's Spirit that causes you to have this child. And behold, even now, he says to her, your relative, Elizabeth, she is also has conceived in her old age, and she was called barren, yet she is now in her sixth month. For it says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, well, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Now, she didn't say, oh, you, I don't believe it could happen. She says, be it done according to what you say. You said it. A total different response, isn't it, than Zacharias, the priest? Here's this, here's this young virgin girl saying, well, if you say so. And he's going, yep, my name's Gabriel. By the way, you notice it was Gabriel again, right? Six months later, same guy sent to speak to her now. And so we read what happens. In verse 38, then Mary goes to visit Elizabeth right away. They didn't have Facebook to find out that the other one was with child. Because Elizabeth, it says, had gone into seclusion. So Mary is actually getting the news of Elizabeth being pregnant from an angel. Talk about a nice delivery system, huh? The guy goes, I need you to know this, just so you know. And she goes, wow, nothing is impossible with him. When she realized that her old auntie, <laughs> right? I mean, here, here's Elizabeth, is with child. And Zacharias, he's old too. Well, if God can do that, nothing is impossible, she says. I like Mary's attitude. Nothing is impossible with him. If only we could cling on to that during this Christmas season and realize 
There's nothing impossible for him. So at this time, Mary, it says in verse 39, arose, she went in haste to the hill country of Judah. She entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it came about when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, that the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, blessed among women are you and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how, it, how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when I heard the sound of your greeting and it reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she because she believed that there would be fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. And then Mary, now Elizabeth is going, you're blessed because you believed. And Mary then we have this thing, what's, I was taught when, uh, as a young man called the Magnificent. It's um, Mary's declaration, a, 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 a praise that she just breaks out into of praising God. Let, let me read it to you. It's a beautiful thing. Now, just picture in your mind, think of Mary, this young one who has just gone to greet Elizabeth. And the Holy Spirit has made the baby in Elizabeth's womb to leap. Six months along, the baby's leaving. Whoa. Elizabeth goes, man, you are blessed. But I find it interesting. She said, you're blessed because you believed what God has spoken to you by the Lord. I don't know how she knew that or how they put that in there. I think, wow, some cool stuff going on in this story. So Mary declares, she says, my soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. And for behold, from this time on, all generations, they will count me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. What a beautiful verse. I wish I could plaques made of this verse and hand out to everyone to put, to put on the doorpost of your house or the lintel. You know, when you come in, that you would see this verse. His mercy is upon generation after generation to those that fear him. Wouldn't it be nice just to be reminded when you, is it, this is Psalm 103, guys, verse 17. When, when you come into the house, God's mercy is on generation upon gen. We need to remember, how, how often is his mercy renewed, the psalmist said? His mercy is new every morning. I think we got to write this verse on the door coming in. And then on the one with go, going out, you're getting ready to face the day, put God's mercy is new every morning, right on the door or on the fridge, wherever, whatever you see better. I want you to see it every day or on your mirror that you would remember God's mercy to you is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Now she's declaring this. God, you're merciful to generation after generation. You are so cool. And you've done mighty deeds with your arm. You've scattered those that were proud in thoughts of their heart. And you brought down rulers from their thrones. You've exalted those that were humble. You filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. You've given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Then Mary, it says, stayed with, with, with Elizabeth about three months, and then she returned home. Now, three months plus six is nine. What's that in baby lingo? Almost time for baby to be born, right? Your due date has come. 
She stays right up until Elizabeth is ready to deliver. And this is where the story gets juicy. Zacharias hasn't said a word yet. Nine months plus of silence that he's been not able to speak. And we read what happens here. Now it came about that when Elizabeth gave birth, she brought forth a son and her neighbors, her relatives, they heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her and they were rejoicing with her. Oh, the birth of a child. What a great thing to rejoice in. And it came about when they, on the eighth day, when it came time to circumcise the child, they were going to him and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. And his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but his name shall be called John. And they said to her, But there's no one in, amongst your relatives who is called by that name. They made a sign to the father as to what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a tablet, and he wrote as follows, His name is John. And as he wrote this, they were astonished. And in that very moment, at once, it says, his mouth was opened. You ain't going to get this until it comes to pass. And you ain't even going to say a word about it. But when his mouth is opened, watch this. The day what we call dedication, when they would name the boy, according to the law, he's brought there to be dedicated. Dad's mouth is opened, and it says his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak praise of God. And it came that all that were living around them and the, 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 these matters were being talked about all throughout the hill country of Judea. They were all who kept, kept hearing this. They kept in mind saying, what, what kind of child is this child going to turn out to be? That this special thing has taken place. And they knew certainly that the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied, saying, now, he's already a priest, okay, so don't worry. I mean, here you get this guy who's a priest, but he hasn't said a word for well over nine months. He has waited, and this day has come to pass. Now, if it was the day when your baby's being dedicated, would it be nice to hear a prophecy about things for your child, things what? I mean, when, when we think of prophecy, is it nice to hear those prophetic things, what God speaks about our life, things what he has in store, things what he... Now, by the way, a prophet doesn't say what is in his own mind. That's actually a false prophet. The Bible says that a true prophet, he only declares the things what the Lord says. So he just is a mouthpiece, like Gabriel, for the Lord. Ironically, the very first words after he says... Well, he didn't actually say his name was John. He wrote that his name was John. And the first thing comes speaking out of his mouth is blessed is the Lord. Praise to God. And now he begins to speak for the Lord. The things what God, a prophet is someone who just says, thus saith the Lord. This, a true prophet, he only says what God once said. I said this on Tuesday night. Isn't it handy if you have someone who has that gift in your life around you that when you really need to know God, I really need to know what you want for and you're praying, oh God, please show me. And someone, he puts somebody with that gifting around you who they really listen to the Lord. And, and you're, you're struggling. Lord, I just need to know. Tell me. Speak. To, anyone ever feel like that? You want God just to speak to you? Just, just tell me something. I need to know. And, and, and God brings that person with that gifting. They say, the Lord wants you to know. And they don't even know you. Have you ever had this happen? 
freak you out sometimes when some of you know, have, know what I'm talking about. They come up to you and go, the Lord wants you to know you're struggling with this and this and this, and he's already got it figured out, and this is going to work out. And you're going, have you been spying on my life? You know, where, I don't even know you. Where'd you come from? And when they say those things, then they're not making it up from themselves. They're just being a vessel that God is speaking through. Now, that, is that handy to have what I call like a pocket prophet? Pull them out, yeah. I need to know God. And, the, and that person just comes in. And in the New Testament, we saw this in Corinthians. It says that desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. That you might be the vessel that God, do you know God wants to use you to speak words to somebody else to help them? You might be the very vessel. And some of you are like, well, no, no, you go pastor. Listen, I ain't the only vessel that God speaks through. I've seen him use grandmothers, aunties, uncles. He uses all different folks to speak to. Sometimes he knows which one we'll listen to. He knows what vessel that we need to bring the message. And I believe he desires to use all of us. You don't have to be some fancy person. don't have to be eloquent. Moses couldn't even talk without stuttering. He actually said, God, don't send me. I, I'm, 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 I can't get a sentence out. God said, I'm sending you anyway. But I'll take care of you. I'll send Aaron with you. And I'm going to speak to you the words I want spoken. You're going to tell Aaron. And Aaron, well, you're not getting out of the assignment. Still going to have to speak for me. But Aaron will have to put up with your stutter. And Aaron... Got to speak to the people. Those words that were already spoken from God to Moses, to Aaron, to the people. Please, if you can bear with me today, just try to hear what I mean. That God wants to speak through each of us. You might be the right person to bring a message to somebody. Maybe they're having a rough week, a rough month, maybe a rough year. And God wants to use you as that vessel that. You ever been really struggling and someone comes up and they, they say something to you and it just like, oh man, I needed to hear that. How did they know? The Bible says when you give the right word at the right time, it's like giving an apple of gold in a setting of silver. That's all the time we have for today's lesson. We'll pick up where we left off next week. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.